How do you gear up and rise up to become the leading neobank in a region where more than half the population is either underserved or unbanked? And how do you create a product that small business will use, trust, and keep coming back to? I speak with Coinworks, Indonesia's first financial super app, a company on a mission to boost financial literacy and transform how customers transact. This time, of course, as we do every two weeks, bringing you a mini-series on retention marketing powered by CleverTap, headquartered in Mountain View, California, with offices in Mumbai, Singapore, and Dubai. CleverTap is a modern integrated retention cloud that empowers digital consumer brands to increase customer retention and lifetime value. And as I said, every two weeks, we connect with some major consumer brands somewhere on the planet who trust CleverTap to achieve their retention and engagement goals. And today, the spotlight is on Indonesia. And for the longest time, small to medium enterprises in Indonesia were underserved. It's an underserved market in financial services, as are many regions on the planet. But our guest today is changing all that in this region. His company, Coinworks, is the largest lending platform in Indonesia and a top provider of financial capital to e-commerce merchants there. People who are building their businesses, people who are starting out in business are going to Coinworks because they have recently launched the country's first neobank, serving small and medium enterprises, providing access to services that have been out of reach for many years. My guest today is Aditya Chintawar. He is Chief Product Officer at Coinworks, where is he responsible for driving the 30-plus product and design team members he has to build world-class products in line with the company's vision of becoming a leading neobank in Indonesia. He's also an entrepreneur at heart who loves building technology and value-based customer-centric products. And as I said, he's on a mission to transform how Indonesia invents, transacts, and borrows money digitally. And today he's gonna tell us about that and more. So first off, welcome Aditya. Hey Peggy, thanks, thanks for having me here. It's a total pleasure to be here, yeah. It's great to have you here as well because I do my research always and congratulations. It's a little bit late, but hey, Series C funding back in January. Your investors yeah. obviously see a lot of value in your product. Um, tell me about that. I wanna understand a little bit more about your product and your approach to teaching financial literacy in these communities. Great, I mean, Series C was uh, indeed, a, indeed a defining moment for Coinworks, yeah. We, we actually serve two kinds of customers. And CDC would just enable us to scale up our products and also launch, like you said, the first uh, new bank for small and medium enterprises in Indonesia. Now, the two customer personas are the retail customer for whom we build the complete end-to-end -end, a wealth-based platform of products uh, where they can invest their money uh, in terms of robotic or thematic investments or peer-to-peer -peer lending. They can buy gold or government bonds you know, or invest in mutual funds that takes care of all the type of asset classes which we have. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the second the second persona is the SME customers uh, and we serve them uh, across all categories, banked, underbanked and uh, unbanked. Uh, the type of loans we serve are small, medium, small to medium business loans, invoice financing, supply chain financing, also give early wage access to products, etc. Right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these uh, are based on the fact that Indonesians as a 
as a community or a country do not they they believe in living in the moment uh they do not invest much for the future so it becomes more important for us to build a very healthy investment habit no no matter at a monthly level if it is small enough so uh, educating the consumer base um, and with a lot of good content uh, is something which helps us on the retail side mm-hmm. uh while on the business side uh it's it's kind of you know really taking a strategy of uh, financial inclusion where uh the bankable uh, population so overall the number of small medium enterprises are about 64 million uh and during the pandemic the they got accelerated in terms of their digitization so we have 20% of that which got actually digitized due to the pandemic which is a good thing uh but they are still outside the formal uh, ecosystem of the financial ecosystem that's where coinworks plays a very important part part in underwriting uh, them and helping them with loan products so you are educating and increasing the financial level the level of financial literacy amongst yeah. businesses as well as people that is a project that you don't set and forget it continues and yeah. i'd like to understand more about how you are educating them is it part of an onboarding experience in the app are you telling them via other channels you know you are looking at these banked underbanked and unbanked categories how are you reaching them how are you educating them we have two kind of strategies both online or offline like digital and offline based strategies um and kind of we run that in a omni channel manner so at some point in time you would always get a very good content through our application uh you know our, our blog has a super high stickiness uh the average readership or session length per uh, per user on both the uh, business side and the retail side is pretty high uh, we add to that in terms of uh, webinars a lot of you know social uh, webinars on instagram on uh, linkedin facebook where we got get a lot of financial consultants actually help people with content in planning their investment life cycle etc that really helps us connect to uh, the lot of retail users and on the uh, small and medium business side uh, the content on the app base definitely helps but it it is also a lot of uh, offline campaigns which we tend to do we reach out to them uh, all the all the people who are already on the app it's always very easier to talk to them tell them about you know uh but at core we believe in having very honest conversations with people and uh, increasing awareness for the overall community even if it sometimes helps our competitors is is also okay but uh saving people from loan sharks is the most important part so how to how to protect themselves saying that a uh, lot of products which we built actually uh, to give an example we built an uh, employee wellness product uh or an early wage access where a person gets a instant loan we we can process it in less than 24 hours at zero rate of interest so what happens is these people then don't eventually end up going to the loan sharks uh for very long or high interest rates uh this way actually uh and the referral and word of mouth actually helps us back again uh in building the brand uh equivalent to the trust factor i mean that's probably something that we're not aware of outside about the issues internally that you're up against it's not just helping educate 
people. It's actually helping to protect them from loan sharks. That sounds like a very, a very drastic situation. Since I'm looking at this from the outside in and we have a global audience, can you describe that for a bit? I mean, is that really something that is so prevalent that you need to be protecting your customers from that as well? Tell me about that, that uh, situation so, so locally. I put it this way, right? Indonesia is like, it's, it's a country with 17,000 islands. Now, mm -hmm. what happens is, you know, uh, we are all in a country of big landmass, good access to connectivity, people traveling, you know, there are some sort, some sort of lending institutions would have localized offices, they would review, and then underwriting tends to be easier, etc. Now, how do you build a lending company in this kind of geography, right? Uh, so what generally happens is when access to credit or access to capital is less, for example, in Indonesia, 50% uh, of the population out of the 300 million does not have access to formal bank, right? So in a country which has 50%, only 50% of the people are included in the financial ecosystem, the rest 50% people, yeah, high chances of them going to a loan shark, right? Because money is definitely required. And what we are trying to solve is that problem. Uh, while we educate people, yeah, we are not for profit. I mean, we, we, we are a business, you end up making money, but um, not uh, exorbitant interest rates. And that is where the customers tend to trust us. Uh, and that got a lot of awareness in people. And we go, so I, I put it in this way, we follow a sniper approach. We go in a particular sector, let's say online e-commerce example, or digital sellers or social commerce. Uh, let's say there is some lady making candles at home and selling them online, right? Mm -hmm. So that would be my D2C brand sniper approach. Once we do that for a couple of months, then we take an amplifier approach where we would like to amplify that strategy across sector. And then the third step, natural step, is the educator approach. So snipe, amplify, and educate. This way, we are able to go sector by sector by sector. And uh, uh, actually, you are able to have a better retention in segment-wise as well. That makes sense because you build trust through familiarity yeah. and frequency of interaction. So if I am that woman that you're referring to, you know, making candles in her home, um, that's starting her out in business. As she progresses, she will use you more and you have become part of that routine. You have become yep. that, that fintech app, that neo bank that I'm going to trust with all of my financial planning. There must be some noteworthy success stories here, some interesting human stories because, you know, customers are coming to you for their funding and yep. then maybe going on to do great things. I mean, we are in accelerated times where online and physical, they are together. So online commerce is commerce. Why don't you tell us a few of these? Mm, so, yeah, I mean, it brings me to a very interesting point, right? So, because I cannot just give you one story. What just mm -hmm. happened during the pandemic, when the pandemic started around March, April, 2020, we actually ran a lot of campaigns with with a lot of uh, uh, NGOs here to raise some money for vaccination, you know, medical kits, uh, building hospitals, etc. We we called the coin Donasi program. Why we did that? We figured that money in terms of donation healthcare is not the only challenge. The our active user base in terms of SMEs wherever they are in Indonesia have lost uh, the touch point of customer coming to their doorstep or their shop. Mm. So what we actually did was some people were privileged, right? They have access to Shopify or Wix Commerce. They have their own digital, like a website store, which can go live. 
but we realized that a lot of our customers were not digital so we took the initiative to build a marketplace kind of a situation uh, a tool where we got details from there we took we asked them for photos their pricing their skus and we actually built up the whole uh, marketplace solution which we call as local support local you know to support your local businesses because during pandemic what happened was uh, you know your malls or shopping malls everything was closed the people who actually supported you with bread or eggs or basic needs were the people who were staying close to you and we got all these smes and they were our customers and we got them made digital on one single platform so you could go on the website filter by your region uh, look for what you need and we we started funding them the first two months of the start of the pandemic were a bit tough because we are a lending company you have to look at default and everything so we were kind of playing at the fence but once we understand actually pandemic has accelerated our business in a way especially in the indonesian context because what happened was our job was to ensure that more of unbanked and underbanked people become digital and pandemic kind of forced or accelerated that behavior once they were digital for us you know it was very easy for us to serve them better and we actually gave loans to a lot of such folks and today they continue to be our repeat customers but their revenue size or book has just doubled or quadrupled and that way uh, because they built trust in the local community right the, the brands or the local smes or small medium businesses built trust because they built trust their revenue book increased and definitely our loan book follows with that so i in 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 if i look back and we can only connect dots when we look back i think again our intention was good to give back to the society and the the people took it positively and that that is that that seed is still helping coinworks so i think this is something which uh, you know it's a win win you give back first and then things come back to you oh ditch i wonder why more people don't think like you <laughs> i really do because <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. makes sense you have to invest yeah. in local business and you will get it back and your neo bank is proof of that you know you can make money from lending but at the same time build aloha if you are looking for thought-provoking conversations and different perspectives than you'll find anywhere in the mainstream media on the topics and issues of the day, you're in the right place. I'm Tulsi Gabbard, former presidential candidate, United States Congresswoman, surfer, soldier in the Army Reserves, and veteran of three deployments. On my show, we go beyond the headlines and the sound bites. We cut through the noise to provide you with unique, nuanced perspectives on all sorts of issues, along with my unfiltered views. No partisan talking points here, no hidden agendas. This is the Tulsi Gabbard Show. Building the base of businesses that will take you know, your services, that will benefit from your from the lending, not just the peer-to-peer -peer lending, which is where you're yeah. coming from. So you're the first really to come from peer-to-peer -peer lending, building the first neobank, doing good, and still seeing the bottom line. In fact, you said yourself, books are double. Yeah. What made you do that? That's quite a jump to say, we are going to go from peer-to-peer to, -peer to neobank mm -hmm. for small medium enterprise. I mean, great question, right? If you see globally, or you see the European market or the US market. Now the European market, uh, you know, the new banks started as more of a challenger banks to the high street banks, like some something mm -hmm. like Barclays, et cetera, right? Uh, you, the customer just got an application where they have a virtual card, they can start transacting, 
they can customize their own card but european european market or us market much developed market you have better access to internet better smartphones everybody's mobile devices would be like the top notch quality uh, and where you know the hardware is great enough to increase your app size and etc now we operate in an indonesian context uh, emerging economy uh, where our challenges are you know very different to these markets so traditionally people actually start with the neo bank approach and effectively want to become a lending organization because that's where you know the profitability is there we took the approach where we are already a lending company we we are profitable we do we did good business we helped people during the pandemic but what we realized was the only way to further accelerate this is have an integrated financial approach we when we gave loans to people uh, they bought products somewhere and then they sold it offline or online but this place this system was broken now what happens with a bankable customer i get access to his uh, bank statements i have access to his bank account uh, let's say he can upload the summary for last 3 months i can underwrite them better now what do you do in a country like indonesia where 64 million of smes freelancers and influencers are there now let's say somebody wants to buy google ads or facebook ads for promoting their or tiktok ads instagram ads now the problem is uh, the penetration of credit card market in indonesia is 88 people to 1000 people right that's that's how bad it is so it's not only access to credit it's access to a digital card for accelerating their business so we we reached out to our customer base we we did research and broadly there were three major points first the small medium businesses do all the transaction reconciliation and tracking manually it's more like they have a book they write how much business i did today you know do i owe money to someone and etc this manual tracking usually takes around 2 hours per day in a month's time they're spending around 30 to 50 hours on manual tracking right mm-hmm. the second part so we we said that okay let's free them up and save their time so that they can focus on their business 50 hours a month is a good time for them to focus on the business the second part which we realized was because there is no you know business banking available to these medium small businesses they kind of use their personal bank account or sometimes they even don't have a bank account because it's cash economy for them then that way because there is no transaction data i cannot ever underwrite them for future so they are doing good business but i can never give them a loan because i cannot underwrite them so we said that you can what you're saying yeah so we said that okay let us give them a digital virtual bank account a card account once i give them a card account they're transacting through that card you know i can automate a lot of these transactions give them financial e statements so that reconciliation is taken care of all the cash payments which were happening to them now we have created a product called as payment link so these people can create a payment link it's super flexible let's say i'm a customer i'm buying some bread uh but it's going to be delivered to my house so the the shopkeeper can send me a payment link i can pay it online immediately but sometimes you know what during the pandemic the second issue re- uh, realized by these small medium businesses was cash flow issues it was very important for them to have daily cash flow but customers used to forget to give the money on time mm-hmm. so the suppliers used to follow up for money but the customer is not paying so very simple feature like a reminder feature an auto reminder feature a subtle push for the customer to pay back money on time uh, also solved their problems and lastly because you know they do not have card they cannot grow their business so we said that 
building a neo bank is a very natural choice and a, a reverse approach for a country like indonesia where the financial inclusion can be accelerated and now with the sme neo bank what we are trying to do is we are connecting their accounting system we are connecting their website builder models so their inventory their cash flow their money the recon reconciliation everything is happening on one single application once all of that happens i can give them a pre approved loan because now i know what's happening with the money so earlier what i used to wait for let's say 3 days 4 days they have to give me statements transaction data now i know what they're doing i can give them money faster even before they ask it so more moving from loan to a growth capital model So that's a fascinating approach. It makes a lot of sense. I want to go further into this. It sounds great when you explain it, but what are the real life challenges here? Great. I mean, yeah. Um there are three broadly there are three challenges uh which which we as a company face to reach our customers both on the retail side and also on the small business side. I would I would bucket them into let's say technical challenges, the consumer behavioral challenges and overall we as a business into you know a super app or a financial super app or a lending company challenges. Now from a technical point of view we touched upon it uh, a while back uh, because we are in an emerging economy um the kind of access to internet uh, the kind of smartphones people actually own now if i need to stay in somebody's mobile application uh i need to be really compact in size but i need to offer a lot of services i need to be my design has to be convincing because the financial literacy is a bit less now i need to communicate a lot of stuff through my design uh, we also need to localize it and customize it based on the persona so this way i am able to build an application which will run at slow speeds uh but he the person can actually fill a particular loan application right so that's more on the technical side we always try to go hard on our engineering product and design so that we are accessible to the masses on different islands of indonesia easily the second part is behavioral right because now we're talking about a a country which has 50% of the people outside the financial ecosystem it becomes very important to constantly educate them right we do a lot of telemarketing activities where we 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 educate people uh these are both done by humans done by robotic calls so that i can achieve a lot of scale dependent and we can fine tune the campaign depending upon the consumer segment we are going after uh and and blog love blog does a lot of wonders from a retail consumer point of view because the personal finance management the people who want to invest the money yeah that kind of category is slightly more educated versus the people who want to get a loan or uh, for a short term or a business loan but one of the most important behavioral parameter we at coinworks faced is trust of the customer it's very important in a, in a, in a fintech especially a fintech you cannot compromise on the trust and i think that's somewhere i am wired as a person uh you whatever you show whatever are the terms you need to be upfront on the app because if we are ethical the consumer feels it they know it and that is what boosts up our referral also a lot uh the organic movement or referral is pretty strong for the brand and that kind of comes to the but but you know you cannot do this overnight trust has to build it takes time every relationship takes time whether it's online digital transactional even with our customer or with the merchant it takes time but we we kind of try to work on it behaviorally and from a business point of view you know assessing somebody's credit worthiness for somebody who is unbanked uh, and underbanked tends to be more difficult 
but again we are market leaders or the segment leaders there where we bring back people back to the economy or you know you give the first loan we are usually the people who who want to give the first loan to somebody look at their repayment behavior give them a top up loan or a or a second loan uh and then that that just keeps going on and uh we we are okay if tomorrow they go to some other competitor for something uh but we got them and uh their stickiness is high uh but the whole approach is again educate 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 uh and give a better rate of interest uh and not somewhat with a hidden fees etc which the competition is aware of so you usually get what you see with coinworks and that kind of built on on top of this so every channel which we go through these are the some sort of pillars which we tend to follow uh, which makes it easier for us to go to any channel mm-hmm. a part of building trust in many cases is also consistent messaging um now you have a very interesting company because your product portfolio is very broad you're growing you're going to be and aiming yeah. to be a super app so yeah. you cover a lot from loans to ai assisted assisted investing um even gold investments for that matter yeah. um how do you build trust at the same time that you're educating around such a wide array of services that are always changing as well yep yep no uh, i mean the pandemic made it more tough for us to live up to our brand promise but but we kind of do it so Mm-hmm. Uh, following a consistent brand or delivering a consistent ba- brand experience to our consumers broadly uh, we as a company always we have two hats one the retail side and one on the uh, the small and medium business side on the on the retail side it is about consistent messaging uh, we uh, use multiple tools to ensure uh, we tell them when a particular of their investment is le- hitting maturity do they want to invest that money back do they want to uh, you know uh, you know redeem that money for their some urgent needs or etc we give them intelligent options and educate them as to why changing in particular asset class uh right now in this month makes sense because you know let's face it right last two years the governments have printed more money globally and we are in a classic bull run where people have invested make you know the multiplier has been 5x 10x but as we see the volatility is too high right now we we really educate our customers point in time saying that you know uh, right now we see gold is pretty volatile there's a war happening you know you kind of change your asset class uh, we we have built risk profile and recommendations and goal based funding let's say i'm chasing a goal uh, for next 2 years that i want to save some money for against this goal or achieving this goal now if there is a volatility uh, depending upon my risk profile we kind of suggest and make recommendations to them now that way we we are going a level above a personal finance management application where we not only tell them hey invest here we tell them why you should invest here how much you should invest here to keep in alignment with the kind of risk profile they as a user they want to keep and that kind of actually helps uh, us communicate in an omni channel manner to our consumers before the transaction during the investment transaction has happened and just before the maturity of their investment is going to happen and the fourth part is what are the next steps how should you invest money on our platform to give you a context our p2p competitors give a higher rate of interest okay compared to us but we command a higher aum on our platform because more people trust on us and our guidance to them with their money 
That's it right there, because you've just told me the four touch points in the journey when you are communicating. So you're constantly communicating, but you're not just saying, hi, I'm here. You haven't used your app recently. It's about advice. It's about yeah. addressing pain points. You have 1.5 million users. Tell me a little bit about how you are segmenting them, because you are giving them fiercely personal advice that they value, but nonetheless, yeah you need to approach segmentation in a very specific way. How are you doing that? Yeah, so when it comes to a retail side, the segmentation kind of fits into buckets of people and their investment behavior and pattern. So we have a lot of big customers or sort of who are putting, let's say, upwards of in Indonesian currency, 20 million IDR, 50 million IDR and upwards, you know, we kind of also give them a dedicated relationship manager. Uh, or a financial consultant who kind of helps them to bring in the big money and move it out quickly, give them better returns, etc. Uh, the second section is, you know, uh, between the age group, demographically speaking, 24 to 35, that kind of age group is more into, you know, they're the new generation, just millennial to Gen Z, they're aware of what they're doing, but we want to guide them because it's an instant gratification. So we kind of tell them that, okay, investment and making good money needs patience. So that's our second segment. And then the third segment is between the age group of around 30, 35 to 45, the middle segment, you know, which is more of a balance segment. You know, these people have some household responsibilities, married people, you know, we kind of segment people and their purchasing patterns. Do they own a house? What kind of car do they use? What kind of transit do they use? So then we know what kind of apps do they use? And then we would like to customize their experience. And we also are available on a lot of other applications uh, because now I know where the consumer is sitting there. So broadly speaking, these are the three consumer segments on our retail side and on our read, uh, a small medium business it's it gets very interesting because there are three kind of again segments here one is uh, all the companies which are less than 30 people you know on online influencers or freelancers digital new age people who who have amazing skill set or craft uh, they make good money uh, but sometimes they need somebody needs a high-end laptop for their designing let's say a business laptop for their designing a lot of people do weekend on weekend freelancing weekday jobs so that is one kind of segment which we which we power. The second segment is all the online sellers, e-commerce sellers, where they are not registered businesses. We call them uh, personal businesses or home businesses who are run through the home, right? Uh, somebody is a baker and they send they sell theme cakes on Instagram. Now now theme cakes theme cakes as we know are, are I mean they make good money and revenue, but they're not access to the formal economy. So uh, the banking system, and we kind of understand that, give them loans through assessing credit through alternative means. And then the third segment, the biggest segment is all the private limited or registered companies, which we offer supply chain financing, invoice financing, where we would like to underwrite a particular invoice and help those people. Uh, so it's a broadly full spectrum, and we are available on majority of, we are the preferred partner of all e-commerce sellers in Indonesia. We have API integrations with them. So basically you can get a buy now, pay later loan. We don't do consumer buy now, pay later, right? Like after pay or something, but we do SME buy now, pay later. Again, a first in Indonesia, where we realize that an online seller also needs capital in a rolling manner uh, to sell his goods, buy it in wholesale. They sometimes import a lot of stuff from China, Singapore, other countries. So, you know, we kind of help them there as well. So this is broadly how we segment our customers. 
and reaching each of them is very different. Somebody needs high touch, personalized in, uh, communication apart from the app ecosystem and somebody would be 100% digital with very low touch human in, uh, interactions. So you've given me quite a lot of detail about how you segment those users. You know, three different types of buckets, two different types of customer groups overall. But of course, everything is changing, you know, yeah. and that's demographics. Then there's behavior. Then there's real time, seeing how are they navigating the app at various stages and doing something, you know, offering that proactive advice, offering that recommendation. How do you make your mobile marketing more personal, more customized, but also more effective? We use a very good marketing tool, uh, CleverTap. CleverTap helps a lot of it uh, in, in automating whatever strategies we have, but broadly I would touch it upon in, in terms of uh, for the current real-time analysis, how is our customer journey, where are the funnel leakages, you know, where are people dropping off for both these two kind of customer segments, uh, you know, uh, the trend analysis of CleverTap, that particular feature, or the funnel analysis of CleverTap kind of helps us in a real-time manner, also retrospectively, what really happened in the last three months, which channel did work the best, you know, what money did we spend, and we kind of attribute it, and then, you know, re-harness that particular channel. So between the real-time analysis and the funnel analysis, it kind of tells us about who came, where did they drop, and what to do. But the cohort analysis of CleverTap is we, you know, we can break them into different user groups uh, and channels and cohort analysis kind of tells us how did they behave on the app, right? What was their session length? Uh, we can slice it by session length, their transaction amount, and this kind of, you know, becomes a constant strategy for us to go back to our customer base, segment it and, and uh, access that again. The second part, which actually kind of helps us is kind of building the journeys which we spoke about sometime well back, right? Some, we heavily focus on our onboarding journey as we have to make it, like I said, localized, uh, put enough education there, follow the regulatory principles and still keep it easy for the customer, accessibility, right? So wherever are the onboarding journeys, uh, you know, the OTP validation, etc. Anytime any sort of, you know, funnel drop is there, CleverTap kind of alerts us. And I know that, okay, something is really wrong in this part. Maybe my OTP service is not working, example. And that, that kind of helps us to ensure that, you know, the typical marketing metrics are on track from acquisition uh, till activation, at least until the first transaction, right? And uh, CleverTap uh, has helped us, you know, moving our, our activation or onboarding uh, success rate uh, almost by 50% because then I know that a particular app or a particular journey for a segment, why is it leaking? And that's why I can say that it has helped us there. The last part is once the customer is actually inside the application and they have at least made their first transaction, the RFM analysis, the recency, frequency and monetization, that model kind of helps us to again hit them back with very personalized communication. And that actually forms our backbone for the CleverTap campaigns or the push notification campaigns. It's interesting that you're looking at onboarding and education and building that journey, adapting that journey in real time. Some of those stages are more challenging than others. Where do you find that you are able to draw from this to engage your audience best. For example, many marketers have issues 
with enticing people to come back to the app or use it more, you know, in other words, reactivating lapsed yeah, users. Yeah. What's the challenge for you and how do you approach it? The challenge for us is, uh, I mean, fortunately, uh, we have a lot of good, healthy content available on the application, which, which, which is quite sticky for the personal or the retail users to come back and read. And then, you know, pushing them back with this engagement content uh, about financial wellness and et cetera, uh, helps us bring them back. Second, you know, a lot of payday communication, you know, your salary has just hit the account, make the year investment first and expenses later on, rather than expenses first and you think about your investment later on, that kind of communication also tends to help us a lot of our uh, exit intent pop-up uh, kind of, you know, helps us to ensure that the person once he's in actually makes a transaction and does not leave without it. But assume all of this has been done, we kind of believe in having the journey of, uh, you know, building a habit forming product ensures that whenever a transaction is happening, you attach happiness to it. So we kind of, once the transaction is complete, we attach a celebration moment to it and we kind of want to seed that in the consumer behavior. So reactivating them is just easy with the push notification. So uh, our, our user base is very repeat. The investments happen in a monthly periodic manner, right? And that way on the retail side, the reactivation is slightly easier, I would say. A lot of reactivation challenges for us continue to be on the lending side. Because let's just face it, right? A business takes a loan, an installment loan for six months. I cannot sell him an installment loan next month because he has to pay me back first, right? So the, the challenge on reactivation is what happens if, uh, what kind of additional cross-selling I can do to this customer slash reactivation apart from my loan services is something which we are interested in now about. And that is the part which we are solving for now with the Neo Bank, where we are giving them other tools to come back to us uh, and, and help it. From a clever tap point of view, uh, the push notifications and targeting them with uh, content to grow their business kind of gets them back. Uh, sending them reminders for on-timely payments, which helps us give them better rate of interest and higher credit limit for the next time. Uh, we also drive a lot of that communication through uh, CleverTap actually. But both the personas have a different reactivation problem. Uh, yeah, that's how it is. And of course, a little bit of a celebration moment as a way yeah. to get someone to come back. That's very smart. What does yeah. that look like? I'm just curious. Is that like a little bit of um, fun clip art, a little, a little music? What does that notification, what does that, that look like, that gamification? So that notification is more about, you know, trying to make them remember that, you know, they did good for themselves or the family or something, you know, they made the right mature right. decision of investing. Uh, and the celebration part is that they could do it just with two clicks. So the push notification helps us to get them back on the landing screen again with pre-configured options so that it gives them a quick way to realize that they did a good thing today. So we kind of communicate that uh, in the push notification. We don't choose music as much uh, there, but it's it's interactive in nature with more of graphic or a GIF model. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's it's ultimately all about making moments personal, special, yeah. customized, feeling that you are there, you are with me, you have my financial well-being and wellness in is is your interest, is your business. Looking at it overall at what you do, Aditya, I want to close with your rule, your golden rule for retention. What would you say is the one thing you need to get right or you need to follow to keep users loyal? 
Okay, I think one thing which um, I go really heavy on uh, is my 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 kind of D1 to D7 to D D30 uh, kind of retention. Uh, do I have a framework to answer you? Yes, I would have many retention frameworks which I can talk about, which are part of product-led growth or habit-forming products, etc. But I think uh, going by the numbers, looking at the churn or or the retention from D1 to D3, why did they go off the platform? Uh, what what worked better to get them on the platform on these D30 levels? Because the first 30 days are critical for us because in fintech, uh, if I do the 30 days better, the investments would be periodic in nature and the lending, the repayment would be naturally happening and they would come back to me if my rate of interest is sorted. So mathematically speaking, uh, D1 to D30, that kind of a model is something which I really go heavy after. We slice and dice until we have cracked a particular segment of that person, I mean that persona. And Clevertab retention or the RFM analysis model uh, does this out of the box. Very little manual effort uh, to segment the data uh, because uh, I can just filter that out very quickly, save those models also in future and set campaigns according to that. So that way, that's one of the thing where it, it helps us from a mathematical point of view or an actionable model point of view. At a behavioral point of view, I guess the, the core fundamental is always trust first, give back more uh, to the user for what they bargained for and eventually they'll always get back to the platform. Love it. Building um, trust is part of the human approach and then there's a level of automation as you said yourself uh, using yeah. that where you can find it to build rfm models and keep them for another yeah. time and continue to build and refine and iterate and speaking of iteration you know you being where you are in product it would just be fascinating at some point just to understand how you have made this such habit forming app i think i'd have to have you back again, Aditya. But until then, yeah. product is the new marketing and you'd yeah. have to have a good product. So there's a lot of learnings there. I think a lot of learnings for everyone because you've had to keep it simple, but you've also made it a habit in the process. In the meantime, Aditya, how would our audience keep up with you? What might be a way that they can stay in touch with you? I'm pretty responsive on LinkedIn and Twitter both. Twitter nowadays, I'm more into Web3 right that's mm -hmm. that's how that that's a new thing so uh, building the whole uh, implementing fintech then going to defi models that's something which keeps me awake i read a lot about it so twitter is the best way to reach out to me if if that's faster and linkedin also i'm just a message away so both of them uh, you can just your your uh, audience can reach out to me i'm more than happy to talk to them and learn more about it. Excellent. And then we are already linked together on LinkedIn, yeah. I believe. So yeah. thank you so much for sharing. Thanks, thanks, Peggy. Thanks for having me. I mean, I'm, it was a great honor to be here. Thank you. Great to have you as well. And of course, Aditya has shared his journey and to help marketers and organizations drive customer connection and results for their businesses. CleverTap has also curated the latest presentations from CleverTap quarterly for you on YouTube, gearing up for yet another flagship event offering insights around the state of the industry and CleverTap's latest platform innovation. So watch for it. You don't want to miss it coming up in May, May 19. You can go over to the CleverTap website to register and you can watch the best over on the CleverTap quarterly playlist 
on YouTube. If you want to keep up with me throughout the week, find out more about how you can be a guest or sponsor, you can email me, Peggy. Peggy at mobilegroove.com is where you can also find my portfolio of content marketing services. You can check out this and all earlier episodes of our show on Amazon, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And don't forget video on YouTube powered by my own company, The Groove. So until next time, remember, every minute is mobile. Let's make every minute count. Keep well, and we'll see you soon. Thank you.